Greetings, friends. Welcome to the Film Alchemist Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Josh Griffey, helping guide you to the merciful end of the original series uh, of the Planet of the Apes franchise, right? We have uh, done a lot of stuff on the Planet of the Apes. Now we're just kind of, we're kind of doing what we can to wrap it up. We're kind of out of here, right? With Battle of the Planet of the Apes. This is part of our Damn Dirty April month. With our guest host, Jay Rollins. Go check out all of his work. Uh, Jay Rollins art everywhere online. He's an amazing artist. I've got some awesome D&D work from him. He's done the amazing artwork you've seen us uh, sharing around for this curation. Um, so this one is kind of an odd movie, right? You can tell this doesn't have the propulsion of some of the others. It doesn't quite know what it wants to say. But I do think it finds a really interesting gray spot. What happens when you burn down the world of the oppressor? And find yourself in that position afterwards. Is it as easy to do good as you think? So again, a little bit of warts on this one. More than the normal Planet of the Apes movie. But still a very fun uh, addition. So if you guys want to... Uh, we're going to keep going, right? If you want to hear the next movie in this franchise. The Maki Mock Apes movie. It's going to be a feature-length commentary over on Patreon. That's right. Patreon.com slash Pod. The best way to support the show, no question about it. Uh, you also get a ton of exclu exclusive episodes over there. You get commentaries, many series. You can even, us, even pick out episodes you want us to talk about. Sorry, I got going fast. Uh, kind of like uh, Battle of the Planet of the Apes did. You can also leave five-star ratings and reviews wherever you find podcasts. You can also watch us on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe over there. You can also just share an episode with a friend. All of this stuff helps us out. Make sure you help out Jay Rollins' art everywhere online. Um, we owe Jay a lot for this. Not only just for the idea, but for just being a good friend. Uh, we love Jay very much. We hope you enjoy this episode on Battle for the Planet of the Apes. I can't help thinking somewhere in the universe there has to be something better than man. Not like what you find. You blew it up! God damn you! God damn you! All hell! It's a madhouse! A madhouse! Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty. Hey, bro! I'm just kidding, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like Kate doesn't give a shit, but she's really excited that I'm excited about Planet of the Apes. <laughs> to her, and I have that so like I had the iPad hanging here so I could watch it uh, while while I'm working, and then on my phone I had um, Cornelius being like, um, and he said what had been said to him hundreds of times by his by his human oppressors. He said no, no. and then I pressed play. No! Oh, oh. Dude, did you see it? Do you see it? It's wow. So I thought you were gonna say you were doing that while watching battle, and it's just Caesar's like, I made the law so I could break the laws. He's like an evil Judge Dredd. I am the law, so I can. The law says thou shalt not clap a gorilla's wife, and Caesar's like, I said that, but now I unsay it. <laughs> Caesar is such a prick in this movie. <laughs> Dude, War for the Planet of the Apes. Caesar might be the bad guy too. I don't know if you've uh, gotten back on this that. This one's pretty. 
We'll just it's dive. We'll easy. dive in balls deep, right. like Caesar we- definitely was doing. It's not that he's bad; it's that he becomes this flippant king figure, mm-hmm. right? Whereas once he was the leader of, I'm going to bring my my eight brethren to yeah. this new place. Now it seems like he just sits there and judges the fuck out of everyone, and well, just okay. does whatever the fuck he wants. Wait, are we are we podcasting it? Can- oh yeah. <laughs> Okay. That's how seamless it is, dude. We just we're, we're slid in. We're deep. We're like McLovin. We're in. Oh, um, yeah. He uh, listen, Caesar. There is no final revolution. Like he really thinks he did it. Like I mean, it was a big move. It really was, and he should be proud of himself. But he thinks he's achieved world peace. Um, yeah. and a lot of outside factors had to happen to make the world look like this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he yeah really they somehow did, nuked like, the city like 10 miles away but they're cool they're fine yeah, yeah they're really... getting that uh teenage mutant ninja turtles 2 kind of dandelion growth over there <laughs> being on the um, outskirts of the city but this is the thing they are safe he still the, has human the safety servants. of the fox movie ranch yeah <laughs> safety of fox movie ranch he still has human servants the makeup budget's crumbling mm-hmm. and mm. aldo is every day telling you i'm going to fucking swing on you <laughs> he's doing nothing to address any of this yeah he formed an army put at the head of it this unstable fucking ape and just is like yep this will be all right just i i think this is this is why this movie is the worst planet of the apes movie to be honest mm. it still has a lot of those things i love about planet of the apes right roddy mcdowell's still great in it it's kind of fun to see this period of it. You get to see John fucking Houston yeah, in this fucking bizarre lawgiver role. It's like, that, how the fuck did they pull that off? That is one of those things that I've, I've literally been searched. I've been Googling. I have no fucking idea how John Houston wound up in this movie. Like, I, I don't think know he had a real deviancy to. that someone knew about. <laughs> Not to just fucking slander this great man. But, I mean, someone I mean, had, had they're like, can you fan. be in the, the fifth Planet of the Apes for what I'm assuming was a half a day of shooting? At best. Yeah. I mean, and the, the makeup in this one is dramatically downgraded, it feels like. Um, what's, it's, it's it, pretty is rough. it Paul? Is it Paul <clears throat> Paul Wright? The guy who was in Phantom of the Paradise? I love that little actor. He plays Virgil. Oh, Paul Williams. Yeah. Paul Williams. That's what I mean. His make, like, he never achieves the fluidity with the makeup right lisa yeah. never achieves what you know kim hunter did and yeah, the others I and i don't it, know if it's just their fault or if it's the makeup that to me is the skill part of like being zero like kim hunter learned how to do that i mean she is perfection in it no one in this movie felt like they had gotten that far yeah, kim it hunter felt what do you think do you think the makeup was slipping jay yes I didn't, so I, I forgot to bring that up in um, in Escape. And Escape is good, but like, especially there's a there's shots uh, of Zira in that movie under the chin. Yeah, where you can see you where can the see. mouthpiece connects to the chin. Uh, yeah, and um, I didn't even, you know, I just, you know, I'm just watching Planet of the Apes, and so I'm just like, yeah, that's what the face looks like. But then I rewatched um, '68 Planet of the Apes, the very first one, with my wife the next day. And uh, I just didn't even notice that the top and bottom mouthpieces were not separate pieces in that first movie, mm-hmm. um, which is where the fuck up happens for the whole rest of the series. 
even like starting in beneath and beyond like the first movie has like i'm sure they had the top and bottom mouthpiece and then they did some kind of whatever guar gum thing connecting the two of them but they look they look like a mouth <laughs> dude if there's a planet of the apes guar that would be the best Oh, shit, like some dude. guys that are on the on the fucking ape city, and they're like, you know, we don't really have jobs. We don't have. Like, I think violence. about like I'm just gonna fucking rage. We'll yeah, do a like sick the, cover of Dust the, in the Wind. I desperately <laughs> want to see like a band, like 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 the um, the Bobby Knight Riders, like all of them dressed like apes, though. Like they I want, start throwing chairs at other apes. And I want I want, I want a Planet of the Apes like band that's like covering. Van Halen or something like that's that. That's kind yeah. of a great entry point into this because our first scene in the movie is essentially this very odd school that they've set up. Yeah. And Aldo has real tremendous Bobby Knight energy. Jay, you're not from the Midwest, <laughs> so he might not be an icon to you. Chicago. As he oh, you're from oh, Chicago. So, That's right. So I thought knows. you were an East Coast boy, but yeah. So you, you definitely more, probably remember more of a Bobby Knight guy. running around choking everyone and being a prick. But everybody knows about Bobby Knight. Yeah, everybody knows. But Bobby if you're an Indiana guy like us, like our dads would cry at Bobby Knight talking. Yeah. Like he I was like is, our dad's dad. That's <laughs> this like... weird thing about Bobby Knight is like my, my grandfather was like the most like passive person I've ever met in my life. Literally worshipped Bobby Knight. Like he was like the greatest oh. basketball coach. And I'm just like, you couldn't go to a family dinner kids. where he wasn't like that student deserved to get choked and put in a trash can. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> But no, my dad owned two books. It was a Rush Limbaugh book and Bobby Knight autobiography. And that's, that's like, if I he love. read, that's what he read. That's that. I love list. that generation. Uh, it's this whole... Oh, actually, we're going to put this back to Planet of the Apes for a second. If if bad things happen to you, you think they need to happen to the next generation. So it's just like, I got choked all the time when I was a kid. What's well, that's the problem? Right. Aldo has a tremendous <laughs> Bobby Knight vibe, right? He's running that's around so just true. behaving poorly. He's abusing anyone in his vicinity, and the other guys are like, you know, I mean, at least he's doing something. <laughs> at least he's like, he's doing something. Listen, that I'm opening like... scene is actually amazing, right? Because this is the strange thing. This is where my 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 confusion starts, right? We start in the year twenty six seventy. I know. Oh man, hearing the lawgiver talk. I think we do a Wayne's World. Did it? Did it? Did it? Yeah. Back to right after the events of 1991's yeah. conquest. But at first I was like, is Caesar fucking a thousand years old? Right. Yeah. I was like, yeah. is that yeah. McDonald? Like when he said McDonald, I was like, wait, what the fuck? It took me a minute to process what just happened. Exactly. And I actually got mad when I, when I realized what happened because yeah. I thought at first that this was like Caesar the 12th. And I'm like, this is great. Cause like he's, yeah. No, yeah. uh, because that makes sense if this guy is right. like a, I understand the law for I am Caesar. Now we're the like, shitty nepotism Caesar. Yeah, there is this like interesting institutionalism to it, totally. I thought that that was great. And it explains why the fucking apes can talk. Can yeah. you give me just like, can you just give me a little bit of breath for oh. like uh, disbelief? Only took a generation, <laughs> apparently. Apparently it was like literally Not like even. someone was. Like, this oh, is within like 10 years. There, yeah, and there's like there's a line in it where uh, one orangutan was just like talking about the other orangutan, the one who knows fucking particle physics. Yeah. When I know for a fact, fifteen years ago you were in a zoo. Yeah, what are you talking about? And the other guy is the other uh, orangutan is like he taught me when I was a boy. When? What are you yeah. talking about? 
He taught you to throw feces at disruptive some, zoo guests. Yeah, there's some did. real, uh, there's some real time leaps here that we're like, and it's interesting because well, that's what I said. It, if that's like a thousand years in the future, you're like, now we're talking, right? Yeah, but it's not. No, so yeah, and it's fascinating. Not, the fucking like, interrogator from the last movie is now the makeshift mayor, like a Walking Dead town of this one. Yeah, just a pal. So he's, he's just like, he's still within his human lifespan. Right, he's still yeah. spry enough to get out and like shoot fucking mortars at apes. So he's not that old. Yeah, it's... and we've got we've got some nice like like I love that we've got the earlier versions of the underground people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the idea of um, apes and humans trying to live together before everything went down. If you make this a thousand years from now. And you make what we saw in the beginning a thousand years after that. Now we can we can really play with stuff. Like you could even have the uh, the beneath people like starting to learn right. their skills, yes. starting to feel yeah. that they are the superior humans or whatever. Right. Rather than doing uh, Wish.com, Mad Max. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, it's um the like. They just hijack their kids' school bus. They're like, "This will do." Yeah, it the doesn't... second season of Doctor Who, the introduction of how the the Daleks came to be the Daleks when they were just people who thought that they were the most superior in the world, but they got like uglier and uglier and grosser right. and grosser. Like, you could straight up rip off that story, and I'd be happy. Yeah, it's because the thing that this movie does that I really enjoy, right? I like the idea of Caesar becoming this makeshift king or godlike figure. And having to grapple with actually ruling a society. I like the idea that he still has, he still creates an army for some reason. Right? He's still afraid of what might come. Yeah. I like the idea that his fucking little shitbag son, who's talking shit in school, is just like, I'm going to be the next king. While he's talking shit to the leader of the general in the same class. I like the idea of the humans starting to be imprisoned in losing trust in Caesar because he's making right. the same mistakes that we made, right? There's some really good setup for a classic Planet of the Apes movie. Like, we still never talk about what traumatized the humans that they stopped speaking. You know what I mean? Like, the mutants aside, that's fine. I think if I had a a beef with the film, I think the mutants are just a completely unnecessary oh, totally. element of the movie. The idea yeah. of them imprisoning humans who then start to rise up I against think, them, I think, is a more traditional Planet of the Apes vibe. I think this is something I said when we did Planet of the Apes, but it's super true for battle, which is the deeper we get into these movies, and this goes for the newer trilogy as well, the deeper we go, the less interested I am in humans. Like, there's an yeah. entire other portion of this. Like, you could have kept the entire movie with these people like the antagonist in playing the human. apes it's mcdonald he's the one human yeah like the antag i think this is like always the thing about the planet of the apes the- these ones particularly is the antagonist in planet of the apes is not people and it's not gorillas like it is time like it is the passage of time and the knowledge that everything is eventual it's like, not learning from the past exactly that right. is the true villain of these movies. Which they and set up in this movie perfectly. Perfectly. But. Right. Caesar is in the middle of a utopian society where he's still oppressing these humans. Right. The humans that helped him 
right? McDonald helped him lit the fuse. We had a pretty spirited debate yesterday about McDonald's place in all of this. So now McDonald's just working for another shitty mayor. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. That puts him in a perfect place. He's like, the price he paid in blood, actual physical human blood. If McDonald had family, right? If McDonald's mom and dad were still alive, they're dead. Right. If McDonald had a kid or a girlfriend or whoever, they're dead. Right? The fact that he paid so much blood for his people to now be entering these fucking, you know, gated corrals. Can I ask? That feels like something we should fucking talk about, right? Like, that feels like an important. He is the perfect. Him and Caesar are at the fucking twist, right? Where it goes from the planet of the humans to the planet of the apes. They should talk about what that takes as a psychic toll on them. I think it's very. I think that's completely accurate. I have to ask this, though. Did I miss something? Because I generally go on Wikipedia before we do these to just make sure that <laughs> I have at least some tangential knowledge about the movie was made. Self-edited in that Wiki- we're the experts on every page. It says in the Wikipedia that apparently McDonald, this version of McDonald, is the brother, the younger brother. Was that established in the movie? To me, Did no. I miss that? I, yeah, I don't remember I've that. I never thought that. <clears throat> it was very strange. No, I mean, yeah, and I saw. I always thought uh, it was the same. Reflection of your glasses. I saw you pull up Wikipedia. (laughs) It's not like you prepared beforehand. Oh no, (laughs) No, I read it before. He's like like when uh, when Kobe would freestyle with the other Lakers, and they would keep it in the pocket. Keep it in the pocket, Jay. I keep it in the pocket. (laughs) That's not off the dome, Dandino. That's not off the dome. We know that. I'm not saying (laughs) it's off the dome. I'm asking seriously because this was something I had. I was wondering last night. I was like, why is this? Hey, other McDonald. Yeah, literally McDonald. And McDonald specifically says he he mentions who he worked with or who he worked for, which has to be an allusion to the mayor. Yeah. Uh, Cole actually calls him. He's like, ah, McDonald. He may have said a line like that looks like McDonald, just like passive racism. I'm pretty sure he said that's McDonald, who I specifically worked with all the fucking time. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know what the Wikipedia page is talking Either about. Way, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't give a shit. It what could have been page. something that somebody brought up at a like, yeah. Either way, in some version of a script. Either somewhere. way, the reason I bring it up is mainly because what we're talking about, which is why is that? Why would that be a detail we would ever need to know? Like, yeah. are you trying to say that the passage of time has happened and, like, the younger brother survived longer and they are older? But I, I just – what just nothing what like that's ever transpired. McDonald is not utilized in this film in any capacity. And yeah, he, he – in, in this film, yeah. he is the most interesting character in this film, right? Or at least his point of view should be. Caesar is still doing Caesar shit. And he's dealing with the consequence of that. But McDonald having to stare down what he brought upon the world is much more interesting thing to examine. There is a much more interesting story. And it's the story that happened in between conquest and battle. It is our revolution worked. Society is changing. We have changed society. But we can't change intergovernmental conflict and the world ended anyway. Yeah. Holy shit. What a movie that could have been. And now right, we well, it's also this ultimate rubble. That's a movie. Yeah. I don't it's, know what the hell yes. this is. Well, this it's... is like a weird rumble movie. Like you're just like, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's like the it's outsiders. Like, yeah. 
it's like the greasers outside the soda shop. Like that's all it is. And Patrick like, Swayze's really got a little radiation poison. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I don't even know maybe the socias were right. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what what the uh, what the beneath people what their motivation is, what they want, except that like. I mean, they could go out into the sunlight if they felt like it. I mean, they... That yeah, was all they have to wear is goggles, apparently. So, ski goggles. That like, they why would they stay under supply. the the burning city for 10 to 20 years if there was not something there for them? Right. Yeah, if there was, like, some kind of... Right. Uh, something, like, the, the sunlight hurts us now or whatever. Right. Yeah. We can only come out at night. That'd be something. And I, or I like they had the lost idea. hope that there's any reason to look for yeah. anything. And then all of a sudden they're like, it's our world. I mean, they loosely do that, I guess. But I guess I thought that I always think that I think for some reason in my head, I'd always assume they shot these back to back, which is not true. <laughs> no, they, they were going to make Conquest the last movie. Yeah. And, and so and like, it makes sense. I always assume because the, obviously they bring back Culp and those kinds of characters and that character, like that character, McDonald. I always thought they shot these back to back. And then when I found out they didn't, I was like, huh, <laughs> why? Like, why? Yeah. Why? Are we, like, Because I think Jay makes a great point, which is that would have been an infinitely better, more interesting movie. But that also goes to a sign of like the times and maybe that yeah. at this point in the series, they're just trying to make money. They also can't read. They can't out conquest conquest. Right. Yeah. So we don't need another bloody war movie, right? Like in this one, when the fighting starts, your brain just turns all the way off. Right. You're just like, oh, they're shooting mortars and like, you know, doing a clever ruse where they're all laying on the ground. Like, all right, we we did that last time to the best effect, right? So this one should be about McDonald and then Aldo versus Caesar is where this movie works perfectly. Because the whole vo- the whole idea of that start starting scene, right, where teacher tells Aldo no. And they do these amazing push-ins of every character, like like they're in a Mentos commercial. Huh? Like looking <laughs> over at the word. And it's like, he said the oppressor's word, you know? And I was like, oh, fuck, that's pretty cool, right? And the gorillas are going to fucking murder him for this, right? Yeah. And we start getting into this battle, right? It sets up this battle of he wanted all of his brothers to have intelligence and freedom of speech and freedom, period. And now he's starting to question the value of everyone having freedom, which is a fascinating place to put Caesar, right? Like when he watches the the video of his parents, right? Or like the PowerPoint presentation, the PowerPoint presentation. Yeah. Of the sales yeah, of his parents. Were, those were audio clips. I don't know why they needed to. Right. And I, I was like, uh, I, anywho. I, te- I texted Griffey while I was watching. I was like, did they just not have the archival, <laughs> they have the archival budget to <laughs> put these? I'm like, oh, wait, it's audio. That's why. Yeah. I was like, but that's it's... an interesting detail to keep in mind in this kind of movie. Right, but that he says right there, right when he says it's the war, the gorillas' war, yeah. And Caesar has this line. He goes, "If I could change one thing about the future, I know what I'd change." And I was like, "He wants to fucking kill the gorillas. He wants a yeah. gorilla genocide." So he also is now in the mindset that he should oppress a group of the fucking apes that he fought to save. I was like, "That is a fucking movie. That is a yeah. perfect Planet of the Apes story." So it's in there. It just kind of gets lost up in these other details. But if you really just watch this Caesar and Aldo track, right? And I love what Paul Williams is bringing to the movie. He's fantastic. Yeah. So you get this and you add just a little more McDonald, you know, watching this happen, right? This is what happens when you are in power. You start thinking you need to reduce others' power. And that's what leads to both of these plots. It's 
I think that's really interesting. So this movie, even for all of its foibles, I, I think you're just invested enough in this struggle that there's still yeah. some stuff that is really fascinating to watch for me. It's so fascinating. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was agreeing. And also I was going to say that there's 20 minutes of this movie that's highly watchable. And then like, <laughs> on either, on and either side like of it. And this is like 87 with credits and redoing five minutes of the previous right. two movies. Like, so yeah, like, when they this started is tight already, this is a tight movie, but there's 20 <laughs> minutes of this movie that's really impactful and like adds a lot to the Planet of the Apes lore. Mm -hmm. And then on either side of that is like a movie that feels like it was just made because we had to make they got to make movie, movie. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, having the um, uh, the beneath people in there, I honestly think that that was night like it was um, it was like. Avengers Endgame, where it's just like, let's do a victory lap. Let's take a look at everything. You know? That's a good way to put I'll it. I'll give I'm them like, that. They could, have. they could have made it good. They could have been like, and, and look at all we've created here. But yeah. they didn't give a shit because, honestly, every single, and I'm including the Andy Circus one, every single Planet of the Apes movie after the first one was made because 20th Century Fox was getting killed in the box office by everybody else, and this is something that they owned. Every single one of them. Sometimes... It's like, that means we need to put a Planet of the Apes movie, do whatever you want, and creative people could right. just had carte blanche to create, which yeah. is where the good ones come from. Or it's just like, shit one out. We need one. <laughs> it's interesting. The 70s is really a fascinating time for sequelization of their of franchises, because it's true. If like Fox did not have a lot until like this, between this and then Star Wars, like Star Wars came out and that was the 80s was like when the franchise like that was Western. Star Wars coming out and yeah. Star Wars coming out in 79 was like that was when Fox was like, oh, cool, we can print money again. And I'm then, afraid like, that was 1977. 77. Sorry. Yeah. Now, that would apes, apes were already what? Like five, it's 542 where I am, man. I'm, my yeah. brain is not. <laughs> um, yeah. Fucking yeah. Aldo over here, dude. Jeez. <laughs> Hey man, real fucking Aldo over here. here. A lot of decrees coming from that corner. <laughs> I'm gonna stay on this theory, okay? Because I, you can re-listen to it. The ape that Cornelius claims was the first to say no is yes. Aldo. He, right. so I don't know if they did it on purpose because they're not. They don't bring it up, but I think. I think Alda, I think uh, Caesar uh, is dead. The king is dead. Long live the king. And when the sacred scrolls got written and rewritten and translated, I think Aldo became the Jay's new right. Jesus. Jay's on to something because this is a very specific thing about religion and about like, you know, when people say like history is written by the victors, like when you get to the original Planet of the Apes, you have the warrior class, which is the gorillas. And you have the scientists and the religious people who are orangutans and who are chimpanzees, those kinds of like that kind of thing. He's right. Like there is this, why would you not rewrite history? Like, and yes, thousands of years into the future, we could, you know, we're all telling the wrong story. Like it's this horrifying game of telephone that at some point it's like, yeah, why wouldn't Aldo be that guy? Like the real story is someone said no to Aldo and he fucking went ape shit. Ha <laughs> ha! Oh, I can't believe it took us five bots to get that one in. Um, <laughs> and there's, there's no, um, there really is no avarice between chimps and humans. 
and yeah. orangutans and humans. The only ones who hate the humans are the gorillas. Right. So we've got, because of Aldo, we have this, um, honestly, because of the human society that existed right before this, we have a very militaristic society. That's the society that they were birthed from. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a very militaristic guerrilla society that's like oppressed the people, but the orangutans were smart. They were quiet. They kept under the radar and maybe they had their own little intelligentsia revolution, but still the myths of the darker age, like stuck around. I I like that take, right? Because it, it directly correlates with us seeing the new scrolls being discussed by the lawgiver. Right, right. Right? About how Caesar kept waiting and his patience paid off, and now we live in a utopia where a little blonde child can push down an ape child on wet rocks. Right. And we know that little (laughs) child's not getting fucking lynched. We're like, that's good. That's a good society we're in, right? Maybe. Maybe that little kid should have got thrown in the fucking river. I don't know. Yeah. And that's the 27th century, but, you know, that's that's not what it looks like in (laughs) 3950-something. Exactly. It looks just like where we were. The only thing where I would say that I think my conspiracy theory that it was still Milo and it got all twisted up by the battles of history. Because if it was Aldo, Aldo. what I'm saying, history gets garbled up, right? If it was Aldo, why would the orangutan be the leading force in the society of the first movie? The gorillas are nothing in that movie. Right. And then in the second one, Ursus kind of steps up and he's like, I'm going to do it. I mean, Zeus is still the fucking leader of well, that expedition and actually, military oh, force. You brought you bring up something that's been a problem that I've had since beneath is. Uh, OK, so I talked about this in the very first uh, movie where the caste system has the most oppressed people being the gorillas. Mm-hmm. And the gorillas, most oppressed ape being the gorillas, and the the gorillas represent the working class, the lower class, the people who are the cops and whatever, mm-hmm. who oppress the people who are below them, who are human beings. It's just like, um, we treat you like you're pieces of shit. You do all the labor jobs, but at least you're better than these. Like, you get to hunt them, you get to beat them, whatever. And so since in my head, I kept that representation of them as the the working class who's being told that like the immigrants are taking your jobs and eating your food, right? Mm-hmm. I really didn't like the characterization that's been happening since the second movie where they say like, look at these fucking savages. Um, so, you know, if we're living within the lore, that's there's one thing to talk about, but thinking about the writers and what their point was has been like eating at me. I don't know what they're trying to say. Well, his militarism wins out, right? And we get this horrifying version that we saw in the first movie. And in this one, Caesar overcomes by assisting in murder. And that makes everything okay to where now we are in a utopia. But, I'm with you. I think, and that was actually probably like the one shining light of the Marky Mark one storytelling wise. Yeah. Is that they brought the apes, the the gorillas at least, the gorilla cast back to where they could become these kind of noble warriors, right? That they are working to protect their society. They are the fist of the government. 
but that they have some agency in it. They're not just fucking mindless, you know, brutes. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that, but the gorillas in this one are, are quasi sympathetic, I think is the interesting part, right? Like they're, they're made to be this scary force like Ursus in the first one. But even Ursus is just like, dude, they're making 100-foot firewalls in the desert. We should maybe handle that. It's somewhat logical from his societal perspective, right? Where we are just these pests that eat their crops and start 100-foot fires and whatever, right? He somewhat makes sense. He doesn't kill the protesters. He hides them, right? Because that's bad press. So they have these little things that I think they assume are enough to give us empathy with this one. But in this one, right? This guy so desperately just wants to be heard, Arlo. He wants to say. He wants to be heard. He wants someone to take him serious and not condescend to him like Cornelius and Caesar, right? And the whole idea of you don't say the the oppressor's word of no, isn't that pretty much what Caesar tells him in so many words every fucking time they talk? So is it a shock that him and his buddies go, uh, without a voice, we have no power. Guns equal power. We need the guns. That's a very logical series of steps to get because that's essentially what Caesar said in the last fucking movie. I just don't understand what happened where where you where the orangutans get educated to the level where they're talking about <laughs> right. temporal theory and the gorillas have trouble writing. What I just in what 5 years I I whatever take let's away pretend, the time let's take away the time, enough time like, because yeah. that that part's going to be annoying forever. Like, what happened? Why is this the society that Caesar created on purpose? Caesar fucking stratified them and imprisoned human beings. So Caesar is setting up this horrifying caste system. You you did exactly what the humans did to you. You told the gorillas who they were, and they proved you right. Right. this, This is something that I've... Something I've been thinking about. And it would be nice if that was the lesson of the movie. <laughs> After I don't the, know if it is. But here's the thing, though. And to your earlier point about, you know, how the scrolls are written and those kinds of things, Aldo's the first one to say no. When Beneath ends, that is the end of this, like, that is the end of, that is the end of, like, a certain story. Like, you're mm-hmm. looking at this one, you're looking at one, like, those two movies are one section of this story escape conquest and battle are actually like conceivably historical documents so what's interesting is to go back and realize like when you're watching the first one and beneath all of that is predicated on these trumped up stories that like don't really exist like what we're watching between the one thing like the thing that battle has the merit that i think it has is that conceivably you could think of it as the true story of what's going on. So like between those three last three movies, you're seeing the truth of what really happened. It's not this like, oh, Caesar rose up and saved us all. Like Caesar rose up and also fucked up, like literally the entire time. It's right. this and you hear Lisa gassing him up like you're a noble and good right. king. And it's like, what? Yeah. Why? No, like, he's an idiot Lisa... who was raised in a circus who got totally. he was born into privilege he and built as soon society as he on something lower strata. than somebody else he said exactly. you won't take that power away from me he didn't this he is, didn't change anything this is when literally was, circus strata the human beings are the elephants the, the gorillas are the guy that put the tents up the, or the uh, orangutans do the fucking poster art 
<laughs> chimpanzees are the ringmasters. This when is Circus watching, Strata. <laughs> uh, when I was watching the uh, original with my wife, um, she just she, every time Charlton Heston like stood up straight or grabbed a gun or whatever or jumped, jumped on a horse, because like just like swagging around like like he owns the place, even though like this is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She just kept every time we did that. She said, "I'm an American." Yeah, uh, that ri- that rich white prerogative, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Got that coming out everywhere. I'm an American, and, uh, and that's Caesar. That's actually like um, not to undercut his revolution. It was very important, but that's Caesar, and that's why he started the revolution. He just couldn't. He felt that's the next Caesar too. A little bit. I'll, sure. Stay tuned. But it's this idea that like. I didn't know that I was less than. Right. Now I am. I refuse to make that happen. And and everybody who looks like me is coming with me. Right. I think the yeah. hardest part about the sequels moving beyond beneath is that going back in time really hams like really like hamstrings the entire series because while it's fun to watch and conquest is awesome and those kinds of things conquest also like we said yesterday like or last week i don't remember when it was but like we said stands alone like it can stand alone as a movie if you'd only watch conquest that movie fucking rules and you're like oh shit like there's some seriously heavy shit going on here but yeah when you throw in the fact that this happens in the past you want to listen to that uh donate to patreon Yes. <laughs> that's all right patreon.com slash film alchemist pod so, probably the best episode con- we've ever done no big deal yeah, yeah it's fine you know it's fine you know, uh, you know if you don't want to donate that's your problem like yeah, you you'll know. miss out whatever if you want to yeah, listen you can, to you a, a ton whatever, of you'll just have an incomplete series of pods about the planet of the apes yeah. that's your yeah, you can listen to beneath the planet of the apes and battle for the planet of the apes yeah. and just miss out on conquest that's fine that's fine that's good fine we you know we know how to dole out the tip let's put it that way we know how to dole it out all right but but that's but that's this really is, what this it is. This is the first one though where we're starting to address that they might be escaping the paradox of the other movies. Right. Right? That <laughs> Taylor begets Zira and Cornelius who beget the plague, who beget the society. This movie's telling us that there's a chance that this society could be more utopian at the end. It's the only movie that ends on a positive note. Yeah. So are we to believe that that is true and then all of a sudden there was still an uprising and the lawgiver became the statue again? And it still went tits up. That seems to be how this series operates, right? The problem is is that the messaging of the movie, to Jay's point, where the last thing we hear Caesar say is, shouldn't a murder be met by another murder? And Paul Williams is like, I only know about particle physics, dude. I don't know about ethics, maybe. And that's the last thing we see. And then all of a sudden he's like, and it was peace. They kept their guns. They killed Arlo and peace happened. Yeah. It's like, what? Was one that just like one a, a tier, the end. Was that a last minute addition? Because it's just like. They're like, we paid for that sculpture of Caesar. We're race. getting to that. <laughs> you might say they joined the human race. Should have been. The, That's a good line. The, the waves washing up against the shore. Yeah. Cut to black part. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the when point is. When apes start killing other apes for their own personal benefit. That's when they're us. That's yeah. a great sentiment. That was a great line. That whole scene, right, where Arlo's like, I'm going to fucking kill Caesar. And they're all just, uh, ape killed ape. ape. It's like that killed freaks thing, ape. right? Like they're they're chanting, yeah. right? And he's back. You see the fear in Arlo's face. You can tell that everyone in that place is like, this is a moment of historical significance. We don't know what to do. 
And then Caesar's the only one who's like, he killed my son. I'm going to fucking get his ass. Yeah. Right? He's chasing him up the tree. That scene is fucking awesome. Yeah. And when Arlo dies, it all just falls back in line for King Caesar. Right? What kind and of chimp dies from getting up. knocked out of a tree, though? Well, he's you know, a gorilla. I mean, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll if tell you dropped a gorilla about, 30 feet, he might die. I'm talking about Caesar's son. I'm like, you know, like, well, kids, he's a soft, the chimps he's a soft these days are bitch. so soft. In he's my so day, soft. the chimps were... You could climb a tree, you could jump from tree to tree. Yeah, now you wear shoes and you just you yeah, can't sure. even deal with it. Oh, sick. Now you write love letters to your teacher, right? Like we would never <laughs> hurt you. That's how you get hurt. You open did up you your heart, you're bringing teacher, in the Did hurt. you forget your own name? Yes, yeah. I did. I'm oppressed. <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry. I didn't, you little sack of shit. He had to pretend that he forgot his own name so that Caesar wouldn't put him in a corral. I can't remember oh, the book great. that I can't remember the book. But in high school, the book that we read, uh, I don't know if you guys had to read this one about the kids at private school and one of them falls out of a tree and breaks oh, his leg. Oh, yeah. Um, what is it called? They, I, I remember they jounced the limb and then like uh, he jounced the limb. Yeah. yeah, jounce. They just That's kept really telling me, explaining right what jounce meant. Um, a separate piece. Separate piece, yeah. <laughs> and then you find out at the end the kid died while they were resetting the leg. And you're like, well, you know. Gross. You got to better the species yeah. somehow, I guess. He pushed him out on purpose and then started wearing his clothes and sniffing it. Like, yeah. I just remember the whole time, <laughs> everybody in class being like, this is this is serial killer shit. Why am I? <laughs> Why are we no, we, I read almost exclusively awesome books in high school. The book I read in high school that I wish this movie had emulated more is Animal Farm. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah. This, is, this is really Caesar hard. gets in the house and all of a sudden he's like, hey, maybe the horse should be pulling doubles. It's like, wait, yeah. what? What happened? Right. Rewriting the laws on the wall. I think that's how I thought of this movie at its best. And we don't we don't know what Caesar is really like as a leader on the day to day. But we know it's not great because teach. Do you when teacher screams no, he's genuinely afraid that Aldo is going to get hurt by Caesar yeah. for for t tearing up his son's shit. He's yeah. like, no, oh god. Yeah, like, it's not I don't a no know of like what don't kind do of that. bastard Caesar is. But, That's a great yeah. point. That's a super important distinction in that no. Yeah, he is protecting Aldo, who is nothing but a piece of shit in his class. Mm -hmm. There's a way to look at it that all that Caesar is forcing Aldo and his goons into class specifically to punish them to embarrass them to remind them where they are right mm. and that's what, there are signs of this horrifying society everywhere and yeah. we just kind of give caesar a pass right because we watch him holding his dying son's hand and we're like caesar's been our hero roddy mcdowell has been our hero our lovable figure caesar is not that guy in this one yeah he's not at all at the end when he doesn't destroy the guns Right. Because we see these scenes of Arlo, right, where he's like, we don't, you know, gather with humans. Right. And they kick the humans out of their, you know, their conference or whatever. You're like, that seems fucking righteous. I love that. Right. Later, when they have to meet in private, and they're like, guns equal power. We need the guns. And they know that Caesar's son saw it. Right. This is essentially Cain and Abel. In that moment, Arlo knows I have to kill another ape, let alone a child ape. For the consequences will be dire. So in a society without a true prison system or murder regularly, something in Arlo says, I got to go up and get this fucker with my machete. 
There's something in the back of all of their minds that is breeding this evil. It's the topsoil for I'll, these evils. I'll tell you exactly where it comes from. Because Caesar inspired all of them and said, right. when you feel that you're being oppressed, you grab the sharpest thing you've got, yeah. you grab a torch, and you burn that motherfucker down. Yeah. He never thought that when he stratified people, that they would remember his lesson mm -hmm. and do it again. Yeah. It's, and that's, I mean, that's the, the gorillas just saw that they were being oppressed again. I don't even know if they realized it, but they saw they were being oppressed again and they right. did what they did last time. Yeah. They're in school. You start giving them a little knowledge to where they can look around and say, you know what? Something doesn't fucking add up. Yeah. Like something's off here. And the fact that Caesar is the smartest, supposedly. He used to be the smartest. Caesar now fucking knows what he's doing. Caesar knows he is oppressing these gorillas. He mentions casually that he wishes he could genocide the gorillas, right? Because now they be have nice. their own opinions and they are the strongest people. He's upset. There, there's a real, but that's what I mean. Even in this fucking foible of a movie, they had the good stuff. Like there's really fucking rich stuff to explore in this film. If we didn't try to put the mutants in, the f the freaks. They're different. I don't they're know. They're malformed. The Dude, but when Cornelius said, they're Dad, malformed. am I malformed? Right? When he's like broken, uh, I was yeah. like, that line was fucking great. Yeah. Mm. That was a but, great uh, moment. Because since Caesar's like, oh, wait, I've been, you know, demonizing others with fucking catchphrases. Yeah. And now my son's saying it. Oh, that's a bummer. And it's like, you should know that by now. You they're not idiot. even that ugly yet. I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, they're not, they weren't they just don't have pretty. any of that vitamin D, dude. <laughs> um, but I know that they really wanted to shoehorn them in. Because um, somebody said, wouldn't it be a cool idea if all the guys who were in the compound were the underground people? But they needed to shoehorn that in. That's why he needed to get the recordings from the, the city so that he could hear his parents. But wouldn't it be interesting if, does he need that though does that add but wait, any value wouldn't it be to the interesting movie? if he was oppressing the gorillas and we're watching this happen and uh and mcdonald his right hand is just like why why do you treat them like that yeah and he said i'll sh i'll tell you why and then he goes into his secret room mm -hmm. it's a recording it wasn't our war it was the gorillas he's like they not man are responsible for the end of the world right we must keep them down the way we keep man down like whatever uh, and mcdonald like, realizes he is creating the monster of the future yes that's pretty cool no that's i mean there's a lot of good stuff here it just it just reeks of that no one believing in this film this reeks of a job right like this yeah. has mm -hmm. to happen and exist and it's a bummer because there's still that they they had built such a tremendous world and franchise yeah, they, even in a movie that essentially makes every fucking misstep, there's still all this greater meaning because we're still bringing four other movies worth of examination and knowledge into this mm -hmm. and things that I, I don't think they probably had this great subthought of Caesar is an evil king. I think they thought they were making a movie where Caesar's still the good guy. And he's not because it's there. There's okay, still work so that if you if you watch them all, there's still plenty of. Of, of things to to glean from this i hope i can't wait for us to get to war of the planet of the apes because the people who put that together did see battle of the planet of the apes and they did see that caesar was a bad guy right see i saw what he became and they 
They did it. Oh. <laughs> absolute power corrupts absolutely is a cliche for a reason. Exactly. <clears throat> that's just what it is. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I think there's still some amazing shit in this movie. But this is this is the the bottom of the hill. This is what? even worse than the Marky Mark one. The Marky Mark one is just not a Planet of the Apes movie, but it's still fun. It's still got incredible makeup. Like it's got some stuff that is fun. What what Planet of the Funky Bunch has that this one doesn't <laughs> is My costume God. design and art department. Like oh, the gorillas looking different. Them running, yeah. running at full speed. That's fucking and, righteous. And what ba- what battle? is missing out on i mean i don't care that you don't have a budget you can throw something together there were there was tv shows in 1973 who could have done better than just having the same kind of costumes they're gonna have two thousand years from now the only thing they needed more of was dialogue they didn't need any extra dollars (laughs) this is have caesar wear the same clothes that his father wore whatever Mm -hmm. but have everybody else that fucking pimp suit We'll have them wear some kind of I'm better than I used to be version of the jumpsuits that they yeah. wore in the last He's Walking movie. around like Ric Flair. Yeah. The jumpsuits, yep. but with little, uh, but with their, the leather shoulder pad, whatever. Do oh, something. he's starting to make those fake medals that third world dictatorships give out. <laughs> Dude, that would oh, be righteous. Yeah. That would be righteous. No, I mean, it's all there. It's all there, but we're at the bottom. Next, we're going to get a big, dumb popcorn remake of Planet of the Apes. Mm. right and then we start the new trilogy which i can't wait to get to that too because i think it's such a different journey than this franchise it's it manages to become its own thing which is is fascinating in the context of how we're doing this yeah and i think we can all agree that mark Wahlberg in planet of the apes was the worst thing that happened in 2001 Mark? Mark? Yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else happening. I don't know. He said hi to my mother. that wasn't good. No, it was. It, okay. <laughs> I'm not yeah. saying. Okay, You're saying so, it was the worst so this movie aeronautical out, disaster of 2001. Was I'm saying it's all connected, man. Okay, so. so oh, so boy. That's the This movie came out in July 2001. Yeah. Three months Never later. Never forget what Marky Mark did. We start the war on. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> three months later, the towers go down. Where was Mark? Yeah. Where was Mark? Where was Mark? Where was Mark? Where was Mark? <laughs> were you were you at Thane's were you at Thane's funeral? I don't think so. Yeah. Oh, hey, how you doing? So you're a monkey, right? <laughs> oh, no. I was in Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Did we just implement Marky Mark in a terrorist plot? Maybe. We're just we're just throwing out details. You I guess you'll have to find out. Yeah. I'm just asking questions. Hey, hey. Yeah. I'm just asking questions. We're just providing the colors, dude. We're just providing the colors. That's all. No. Um. Yeah, I had a personal tragedy associated with that Planet of the Apes that we'll talk about on our Patreon-exclusive commentary on uh, the Maki Mock Planet of the Apes. So go to patreon.com slash pod to find that awesome stuff. Uh, the next time you hear from us, we'll be into the, the, the new ape trilogy. So I hope you guys are having fun. Jay, tell the people where to find your stuff. Uh, at Jay Rollins Art on Instagram and Twitter. Oh, yeah. and you can buy an issue of Fettered Space. Yeah! If you'd like to, just yeah. contact me, because I've got a whole stack of them, and it's a good book. I'll put all that stuff in the show notes. Also, if you want to email the show, philmalchemistpod at gmail.com, 
I'll show you a fucking killer D&D commission Jay did for me. Um, I know all us D&D people. We like to fucking get artwork to commemorate our fake journey. So find Jay. He's amazing. Uh, we will see you next time for uh, Maki Mark on Patreon.com slash Pod, or we will be rising with the apes uh, on time this main feed. So thank you. Bye.